Good evening and welcome to this week's episode of Ravenhill Roundup. My name is Lewis, joined once again by Jimmy Kelly. Jimmy, how are you? I am doing very, very good. Thank you very much, Lewis, especially after the win on the weekend. Definitely, but we have to start with the most important news of the week. You're up to third in the Fantasy Premier League table. How have you done it? You know, it's just a... It's just good management style, you know, getting the boys enthused for the game on the weekend. And uh, just, you know, just, I am Jose Mourinho. Brilliant. In this week's episode, we'll be looking back at the famous win in South Africa for Ulster, as well as looking back at the other games from the URC. And we'll look ahead to what is a very tough game against the Sharks next weekend. And from now on, we will be recording on spotify and on amazon music we are no longer on soundcloud so please follow us on those channels at ravenhill roundup and follow us on our instagram at ravenhill underscore roundup to get involved with the podcast and we'll be asking for your questions and for anyone who would like to come on and join us on the podcast just before we get into the game find out during the week that a local star mr Patton from Carrick Fergus Academy the PE teacher was the TMO for uh, Glasgow versus the Bulls last weekend so a very well done refereeing game and well done uh, the Mr Patton. Great to see people from the town getting an opportunity to go and do one of the toughest jobs in the biggest league in the world so well done to you yes definitely jimmy a very well done to mr Patton. very impressive let's get stuck into the game then ulster 39 the lions 37 ulster's first win in south africa in the urc and the first team to get a bonus point win in south africa just how impressive was that victory jimmy it's incredibly impressive and especially uh, a game that we really needed the win uh, it's one of the big games that you look back on the end of the season you go Ulster got top points from that game and it's going to really help us out in the long term uh, for me the forwards uh, were par- basically the best part of the game for me uh, I love seeing tough play and getting stuck in and they were organised they uh just dove in to all the play that they needed. I did see them get a wee bit tired, but that was probably down the, the altitude and heat. There were, however, some standouts for me in the forwards, uh, especially Nick Timoney and John Andrew. I thought that they played really well and uh, conducted the line uh, for the forwards and got them really organised. When it came to the backs, uh they were also organized they did get a bit tired towards the end once again altitude taking effect and not used to the conditions um however michael laurie for me was standout came up from uh full back and helped out along the line when needed and done all of his duties and was deservedly man of the match in my opinion yeah, I have to agree, Jimmy. I thought it was a very impressive win, and to get all five points out there in South Africa was crucial. It's huge for Ulster. 
and it leaves them just two points behind Leinster in the league table. In terms of the game, I was particularly impressed with Michael Laurie, like you said, put in one of the best 50-22s I've ever seen. It was absolutely unbelievable, hitting the corner flag, and I think that gave all the players a massive lift at that moment in the game. Also particularly impressed with Dwayne Vermeulen, um, three turnovers in the first 10 minutes, and I thought he controlled the forwards really, really well. And overall, I just thought Ulster were brilliant. I think they took advantage of the yellow card just before half-time. And they managed to score three tries while they were down to 14 men. And that was key in the game. It gave Ulster a, a big lead um, when he came back onto the field. And yeah, just really impressed with how well Ulster played. I thought as well, quickly, just uh, for Laurie, McCluskey and Herring to all make the URC Team of the Week... I thought that was really impressive as well. Jamie, how important was it for Ulster to have all the boys back from the Emerging Ireland Tour? The likes of Nathan Doak even coming off the bench. And then you had the likes of David McCann starting. And Balakun as well. It was massive, in my opinion, to have them back. I mean, if from the outset you have Balakun getting the first try, setting the tempo of the game... Uh, I think that just shows the importance of uh, how much we needed them players, especially in this type of game where you are sort of roll on, roll off with subs. You need quite a lot of them to freshen up the team because you're getting tired fast. Uh, it was a big, big impact that they had whenever they came on and uh, the squad was better for it. And I think it's one of the reasons why we got the win. Yeah, and I think um, I think the fact they've been out in South Africa for so long helps as well, you know, because the game was played in about 29, 30 degrees heat, and they're obviously used to those conditions, so it probably added a bit to Ulster's game and added to the tempo in training because they're used to the conditions and they're able to push players coming over from Belfast that bit further. So, Jimmy, let's have a look at the tries. Uh, what did you think of Balakin's try to start off with and then how the Lions responded? So, for Balakin getting in that early, uh, he scored his try. I have a clock down as 2 minutes 40. It uh, might have been second or two off, but it was around that. It is an amazing tempo setter. and Should have had Oster on that front foot because he just burst through the li- Lions line. Uh, after a turn around and just go straight for when the Lions aren't ready uh, and it was it's a good welcome back the the Ulster squad after emerging Ireland but then you know a couple of minutes after you have silly knock on from Ulster because just everyone's diving onto the rock and it leaves an opening for the Lions to just run through uh, lovely wee offload and then it's just straight pitch there is no one going for a block and everyone's just chasing but uh, they aren't able to really do anything from it and that carried on in the next try what were your thoughts on it Lewis? yeah well for me it was just really good play for the Lions that for their second try um, very little Ulster could have done they, they actually looked quite strong defensively they seemed to be defending it quite well, but the big drive from the Lions got them over, and that took them to 18-10 up, but I thought the response from Ulster was really good, and, you know, they, fu- they like I said, they found it really tough in the heat, but 
after that yellow card for the deliberate knock-on from the Lions, uh, number 13. And Billy Burns' try was just absolutely crucial to take them into half-time, only three points behind. And knowing that they'd be playing for eight or nine minutes with the Lions on 14 men, um, I think that was just a huge moment in the game. And coming out from the second half, Ulster once again getting the strong footing early on. You had Rob Little getting a try, loads of space, and it was amazing passing. Uh, especially whenever the try came in the 41st minute. Uh, very, very good. They come out and they get back on top and uh, of the game and re-cement the position. When it came to the next try from the line out, it was so scrappy from the Lions, just completely over the top and allowed Ulster to just run through and an easy try and it got the bonus point. Yeah, and then Ulster got a third try straight after halftime with Rob Herring driving over from the mall. And it's just what Ulster are so good at. We see so many times how, how good their mall is and nothing's really changed. It was really impressive and we know how many times Herring's got over in the past and he gets another one. And straight after that, the Lions respond with a really good try as well. Um, you could just see Ulster's defence tarring with the amount of phases the Lions had went through and they were just unable to keep them out anymore. They just cracked under the pressure. And that pressure and tiredness kept on coming because the Lions then went and got another try. You can't really fault it defensively. You could tell that they were getting tired and uh, Laurie was so, so close to getting that crucial tackle but got tripped up from the previous tackle uh, that just let the Lions just run through and really unopposed. Um... Lions dominance kept on coming. You had another try which was once again I would imagine the tiredness starting to set in. Uh missed tackle after missed tackle. Uh, it opened everything up. And I will say it was a bit unlucky for Little. He wasn't able to bring down uh the last Lion man who got the try. I think he was just a bit too big for him and he couldn't really do much. Uh, but it did let the Lions get the bonus point. And uh, it was the last try of the game. But it didn't stop the tension. I mean, Lewis, how nervous were you at the end of that game? It got a bit shaky, you know what I mean? Yeah, it was, it was absolutely nerve-wracking. I was actually watching it on the way home from work in the van. And I was I was absolutely shaking. I thought, I thought Ulster were going to throw it away. And... It is the type of game that Ulster have thrown away in the past. We saw it last year uh, in South Africa in the semi-final where Ulster conceded right on the last play of the game and the Stormers got the kick to take them to the final. So it was nerve-wracking, but it was really impressive for them to hold out. And it was actually really scrappy from both teams because both teams actually shot themselves in the foot in a few different ways. And... Thankfully, the Lions knocked on their their late line-out and Ulster were able to have their own pin to the scrum, which had been really scrappy all game. I thought Ulster's scrum was really poor uh, for this game. That's something I'll want to improve on and I'll need to improve on for the Sharks next week, who have an even tougher pack. But um, to win their own scrum in the last play of the game and be able to just kick it out 
and close out the game was really impressive. And to be honest, after 52 minutes with Ulster being 36-18 up, I thought the game was over. I thought they'd they'd got the points in the bag, but the Lions' comeback was was strong and and pretty scary. Like I said, you could see how the altitude was affecting Ulster defensively. They were quite tired, but I think the water breaks really helped that. It's the first time that we've actually seen that those set water breaks really made a difference because Ulster were able to just take a minute, relax, um, get themselves back to where they need to be, and. Um, yeah, I think that helped them massively. We did get another piece of sad news in Rugby Union uh, this week, and it was released today that Wasps have entered administration. Wasps were founding members of the first English Rugby League, and in 20 years of Premiership Rugby, they lifted the title four times. The league was created in 1987 and that's when they became founding members. They today released the statement saying, Once a wasp, always a wasp. Thanks to all the players, staff, supporters, partners and everyone else that has been part of our story. It's not a place, it's not a city, it's not a town, it's about the people. Black and gold forever, always. And, you know, 167 jobs lost from them going into administration. Jimmy, how concerned will the English RFU be that now two of their clubs have gone into administration? It must be so bad in their offices right now, the league. Um, you've had two of your biggest clubs go in the administration. You have Worcester, uh, I think just over 20 days ago, come out and say that they're going in the administration and now the Wasps who they definitely are not a small team they've been about they were formed properly in 1923 and it's it just shows the toll that the past couple of years have had on sports that you have two clubs at this high level going down I think that it's devastating for the league um, unless they can get some sort of buyers in quick to try and help them out uh I think that it shows a bad sign for what might happen with the rest of the teams. Yeah, and you know, they've always been really tough opposition. I remember a few years ago, Ulster had them in their Champions Cup group and they actually lost to them away. That put them out, not allowing Ulster to progress to the quarterfinals. So I know they've dropped off in the last few years, just obviously financially they haven't been quite at it, but it's really disappointing to see a club of that size with some massive players, massive English English internationals and internationals from other big teams as well are now going to be having to look for new jobs and fingers crossed for all of them and all the staff that they'll be able to find new jobs quick enough. guess the only upside for the Wasps in this is that there have been talks of potential investors and at least we here really hope that um, a deal can get through because it's heartbreaking whenever you see a club like this have the go down basically and uh, just wither away. It's really, really sad, and we hope that they can pull through and get some type of investment to stay up and running. Now, I would say on to a bit more happier news, but unfortunately, there weren't very many good games this week in the league where they're Lewis and uh, 
you're going to start by talking about Osprey versus Stormers, which finished 16-16. So, uh, what were your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, we all know how rare a draw is in rugby, and for the Ospreys, this is their second draw of the season, and I think it's actually their second one at home. They drew with Glasgow earlier in the season, and it wasn't the most exciting game. There was no tries at all in the first half. The Stormers struck first with a try on the 53rd minute. It was really nice scissor play and a great line break, a really nice try. And the Ospreys got their response on the 75th minute with a good mole try and a great kick from Myler as well um, to equalise the scores. And unfortunately for the Stormers, there was a late drop goal that just went wide. Um, and you know that would have been a great win away from home for the Stormers. Another great game that wasn't a great watch to be honest was Connacht Leinster finished 10-0 and like you say Jimmy I think it was the first game where a team scored zero points so far this season. It definitely wasn't a classic there was only one try in the and it was in the first half coming from Josh van der Fleer. There were so many handling errors in the first half um, I suppose it was quite similar conditions to the Ulster-Leinster game a few weeks ago in Belfast and both teams struggled with, with the conditions but to be honest Leinster always looked like the, the stronger team. Connor had plenty of possession but they were unable to do anything with it and for me they'll just be really disappointed to be left scoreless at home. You know, they, they've beat Leinster at home the last couple of seasons I think and you know it'll be a disappointing loss for them because it has been a disappointing start to the season as well. The only concerning thing for Leinster is they did get a good few injuries in that game. You know, there were injuries to Josh van der Fleer, Jack Conan, and we've also heard today a few of their players, the likes of Harry Byrne, has been ruled out of the November internationals, so that'll just probably be the one downside for Leinster. So moving on to Munster versus the Bulls, 31-17. Probably a shock result, knowing how Munster have started the season, Jimmy. What did you think of that one? Yeah, surprise of the week. And I am really hoping that this gives Munster a boost to go in against Leinster next week and absolutely destroy them. Because that'll uh, give Ulster a really good chance at getting back at Leinster points-wise. Um, I mean, Munster kept their shape really, really well and were well-disciplined. Something that you hadn't necessarily seen from them the whole start of this season. Uh the forwards in my opinion won that game the most of the tries in the game were coming from uh malls and big pushes from uh the drives and uh getting it over the line and the bulls didn't really have a reply to it but it was still a very close game and uh both teams working well in the attacking sense i think monster just had that uh push uh, if you would say that get the points and uh, get it over the line and secure the win for it. Yeah, and just quickly, a really big shout out to Edwin Edogbo. I think it was his debut for Munster for the 19-year-old. And he was absolutely incredible. And he's been compared to Maro Itoji. And if he turns out anything like, like the player Maro Itoji is, he'll be absolutely brilliant for Munster. And I'm sure he'll be key for them going forward as well. Joey Carberry probably had his best game of the season. He was back at out half. He'd been moved to fullback last week. And he was really impressive with Casey at nine. And for me, that needs to be the starting halfback partnership for the, those two going forward. 
heading on to the next game, we saw Cardiff beat the Dragons uh, 31-14. A really impressive display from Cardiff. Um, they had sort of been mediocre or uh, pushing a wee bit, but not getting that full, uh, full strength that they needed. And I think that this game really saw that upturn and uh, seen them just go miles above the Dragon. They controlled the game, and I must say, I loved their second try. Uh, out from the ruck goes the, the loose head. He gets stopped by uh, two defenders, and his teammate, I think it was uh, the 12, I believe it was, just grabs him, spins him, and chucks him over the line. Uh, uses him basically as a battering ram. I loved it. I'd love to see it. Great job from Cardiff and uh, well done to them. Getting decent points on the, the table. Another decently high scoring game. Uh, Edinburgh versus Benetton. Edinburgh getting 53 points. Uh, the Benetton's 8. Uh, what did you think about that, Lewis? A bit of a different game. Yeah, Benetton come crashing right back down to earth. They've had a great start to the season, but they did rest some of their top players for this one, and it really showed. But I think it's not to take away from how impressive Edinburgh were. They look back to their best. There were no tries in the first half an hour, but Edinburgh managed to score first, and they were 12-3 up at half time. They were also first to score in the second half, and for me, that was probably game over. Um, good to see Van der Merva scoring on his welcome home, obviously. He had to move because of Worcester going into administration. And yeah, I just thought there were there were some really impressive tries from Edinburgh. There was good width, good offloads. Um, the try for Benetton, 73 minutes in, was only consolation. And Darcy Graham as well, so quick, so dangerous. And I think we've said it before, but Edinburgh's two wingers, I think, make a huge difference to have Darcy Graham on one wing and now Van der Merva back on the other wing. I think if they can get the ball wide, they've also got Blair Kinghorn in their back line who's playing really well at the moment. And I think if they can get the ball wide to those players, you know, they're going to cause a lot of teams a bit of damage. I think we jinxed Benetton, to be honest with you. We said that they were doing well, and now they've, they've crashed back down the earth. And another game, Scarlets versus Zebra. Uh, John, to give your thoughts on that, Leah. So we, thirty-six, twelve, the Scarlets. Yeah, and both teams came into this game having won no games yet in the league. So Scarlets will be very pleased just to get their first win of the season. Um, you know the Scarlets scored first, but Zebra were able to hit back thirteen minutes in. Um, the Scarlets were twenty-one-five up at half time, which was probably game over at that point. They also scored early in the second half. For me, Zebra did show fight. You know, they're not going to lie down this season. They are going to fight for every inch, and I think they're not going to be an easy beat for many teams. Uh, I thought the red card for Sam Luisi was really well deserved. It was a shoulder to the head, and you know we're trying to cut all of that out of the game at the moment. And it was certainly a red card, but the Scarlets deserved the win. They were the better team, and they also had a couple of tries crossed off, so it could have been a bigger win, and. Jonathan Davies looked absolutely back to his best, putting his name in contention for Wales in the November Internationals, and yeah, he he looked back to his best. 
Finally, a quick look at the Sharks game. They beat Glasgow 40 points to 12. Jamie, what did you think of that one? Personally, I thought that the Sharks dominated, especially in the second half. It was all them. The runs were great. Glasgow couldn't match them or defend against them at all. Uh, that made the difference in the game. Uh, another good point for the Sharks was their malls. Malls were very good from the lineouts because Glasgow were sort of sitting off, letting Sharks win the lineout and then try and defend them all. And the Sharks just overpowered them. Uh, their physical play was amazing. Uh, and I think it's possibly going to be a contentious point for Ulster next week because we weren't too physical. Uh, in the Lions game, uh, but overall, Sharks were were very very good, very strong. Uh, their attacking was I would base it as just okay though. Uh, a lot of their tries just came from Glasgow being sloppy and leaving space in defence and uh, not to take away from Glasgow's attacking either. They did manage the. Uh, burst through and and get themselves the points uh obviously not enough but i think that they still put up a good fight against the sharks yeah and going to south africa is so tough as we know but um you know glasgow set the tempo early they scored the first try the sharks responded with a try of their own but then glasgow hit back with another mall try so i think the first half actually was it, it wasn't as dominant as the scoreline would suggest for the sharks because Glasgow were putting up a fight, but the second half, like you say, Jimmy, it was all the Sharks. They were dominant. Uh, their mall was good, and there was a range of pretty good tries from the Sharks, and it was good to see Eben Atzebeth making his debut as well. Um, he's back just in time to face Ulster next week, which probably isn't great, but yeah, I think uh, from an Ulster perspective, we've got a really tough task next week. When you look ahead the Ulster next week, they, in my opinion, Ulster need to be much more physical. They let Lions win the physical game a lot of the time, especially in the scrums. Scrums are very weak and uh, give away silly possession uh, some of the times that Ulster just shouldn't have let go. Keeping on that trend, Ulster need to keep their form. They need to have that formation, keep the line and use each other don't just be a one-man team which i think that sometimes they were doing someone would step out or do something uh against the flow of the team especially defensively uh and when they got tired and you're still in south africa you still have to remember that there's heat that you're going to get tired and using that teamwork is how you're going to stay on top of uh, the Sharks in this next game and I think that if Ulster manage to keep their form and be more physical and uh, have the a tidier uh, set piece whether it's lineouts or scrums uh, they will go on and, and win the game yeah I have to agree Jamie um, for me like you say, the scrums need to be much better next week. You know, they've they've a much tougher pack to come up against and they'll need to be a lot stronger or they'll get dominated in that position. 
they're going to have to be strong in the line-out as well. Like I was saying with Etzebeth in, he's a great option at the line-out and he's great at stealing ball in there. So they're going to need to get their line-out calls right. And I think we'll see a lot of changes for Ulster next week. You know, South Africa is a tough place to go. There'll be a lot of tired bodies and a lot of tough recoveries um, after playing at altitude. So hopefully we'll see Rory Sutherland as well make his first appearance. And, you know, the likes of James Hume might come in. And I think we'll see a few others coming in that, that weren't involved at the weekend there. But Ulster definitely have it in them to go and win that game in the Sharks. And I think they'll be the first team in the URC to go and win both games out in South Africa. But they'll definitely need to improve their defence and they'll need an improved performance next week and thankfully they're not playing at altitude so they'll probably find it a little bit easier the conditions they'll not get tired just as quickly but like you say they'll still be playing in in big heat and you know that's something that the Sharks will have to their advantage so Jimmy do you want to give us your score prediction for this weekend yep so it's obviously going to be a hard game a difficult game where you're playing in the heat and we've seen it get the us a wee bit in the end uh, but you also had the altitude I'm going for a pretty high scoring game I'm going to go for 42-35 the Ulster I think that that's uh, pretty solid uh, I'll also give you a wee star man uh, someone here I think that's going to stand out I think if Rory Sutherland gets in, I think that he's going to have a massive game uh, because he'll want to keep his place in the squad if he comes in. If he isn't uh, in the team or isn't getting a lot of game time, I would probably say uh, Michael Lowry again. I think that he's really fine on his form in this season and uh, I think that in what's going to be such a physical game, I think that having someone who can dart a bite, uh, I think is going to be quite big in it. That can slip through and maybe get a couple of tries. So, score prediction and star player, Lewis, what are you thinking? Score prediction, I'm going to go 32-28 and I think Ulster are going to edge it. The reason I'm going slightly lower is I think Ulster are going to try and be a bit tighter defensively this week they'll probably be disappointed with a few of the tries they conceded against the Lions and from a star man I'm actually going to go risky and I'm going to say James Hume I think he's going to start next week his first game of the season and you know we saw how well Luke Marshall played there he was really good defensively against the Lions but James Hume obviously is going to be wanting to fight to get that 13 jersey back and I think he'll start and I think he'll put in a star performance so, taking a quick look at the table, Leinster still top with 23 points, Ulster just 2 points behind on 21, and in 3rd and 4th we have the Stormers and the Sharks who both have a game in hand. Jimmy, anything that sticks out to you in the table going into round 6? big thing that stands out to me is the Stormers and Sharks having that game in hand. Their game was cancelled towards the start of the season, and whenever you look at the table... Ulster's on 21 points uh, with a 67 point difference. Stormers are right behind them. Uh, they're on 17 points and if they win that game in hand, whenever it's going to be, I don't think that uh, it's been announced for it to be replayed, uh, they'll go level on points 
uh, if they win, never mind a bonus point. And uh, if they end up getting a good amount of points difference, they'll be solidly above. And I think that they're going to be hard to dethrone. They might come down to the Ulster Stormers game. Uh, another standout to me is Benetton. Uh, if they had won their game on the weekend, they actually would have been third. And it shows just how much they've improved. And also you have the likes of Munster and Edinburgh finally finding a bit of form. And starting to creep their way towards that top half of the table. And no surprise, you have Zebra at the bottom. But they, they do look decent. I'll give them credit where credit's due. I think that they might end up stealing a few points from people this year and maybe making their way up but at the minute I'm liking the way that the table's forming up. Yeah I think for me one of the stands out standouts is Munster um, sitting on 11 points but they're actually only 4 points off the top 5 um, with the Lions not having a game in hand so you know a couple of big wins for Munster and they could be right up there in the mix but they are away to Leinster this weekend and it's actually a really crucial game for them because you know, you lose that game and you have the likes of the Ospreys, Glasgow and the Scarlets who can overtake them. All of a sudden they're down to 13th and, you know, that's just not where Munster need to be. And, you know, they'll be feeling the pressure to, to win a huge game away from home. Another big game as well is Connacht against Scarlets at the sports ground. And, you know, two teams with only one win so far this season and two teams who would hope to be a lot higher in the table. I think that's a mighty clash for both teams who trying to gain a bit of momentum. Obviously, Connacht with that defeat at Leinster at home, you know, they'll be looking to bounce back at home. And the Scarlets with their first win last week. So I think that'll be a really good clash as well. But like you say, I'm, I'm quite happy with how the table's looking. Despite losing to Leinster, we're only two points behind them. So I think Ulster will be pretty happy with where they are. And hopefully they can, they can beat the Sharks here and... You know, that'll, that'll give them a huge advantage moving on with, like you say, the Stormers and the Sharks having that game in hand. And on top of that, you also have, uh, this year it's seven games until the international break. So, you still have another game after next week to go. And I think that that's when we'll really see how the table's going to form. And who's going to keep their momentum and who's going to lose momentum after the international break and i'm very interested to see who is going to carry that momentum especially teams like Benetton. will the international potentially kill their season and drop them back down or are they going to keep uh, fighting the big teams and driving up the table yeah and, and most of the teams are going to be without their internationals for a few weeks while the guys are away playing um Actually, I think they all will because South Africa will be playing in, in them as well. They face Ireland at some point. So I think it'll be interesting to see the depth of a lot of team squads with them missing a few key players. Um, you know, that's where Leinster could maybe drop off. They've got a good few injuries and then we know how many players they're going to be missing for them November internationals. Hopefully during that period, Ulster can, can keep the points going. They've been really good over the years in international breaks, but... You know, if, if Leinster can drop a few points and Ulster can keep the ball rolling, they could overtake them and we could see them top of the table come November, December, going into some of the big internationals when we play the likes of 
Leinster and Munster. That'll do it for this week of Ravenhill Roundup. We hope that you have enjoyed a wee bit of a shorter episode, but we'll have to deal with the games that we're given on each week. Uh, hopefully next week will be a wee bit better in the game front and we can have a good discussion and a good chat about them, especially the Ulster game, which we are expecting a big win. That'll drive us even further towards good spots in the league. So remember, we are now on Spotify and Apple Music. We're also on SoundCloud as usual. Uh, we are going to switch it up a wee bit because I think we've uh, outstayed our welcome for the length of episodes that we do on SoundCloud. So it is going to be the latest uh, episode up on SoundCloud each week. Uh, it's not going to be the whole shebang as it has been uh, but you'll still be able to go back and listen to episodes on SoundCloud and Amazon Music uh, for the foreseeable future as well as that have a wee look on the, the Instagram we upload all the time on it with uh, facts about the game lineups uh, we reels of sort of best moments uh, we put up the Michael Larry kick that was astonishing during uh, the weekend and we also like to get you involved we put up questions and we want to get you involved so on Instagram you can send us a message hit up on the story whenever we ask for questions you can come on the podcast just get in contact and thank you so much from both of us here uh, for watching week in and week out. We really enjoy doing this and hope to see you next week when Ulster get a lovely wee win. So thank you very much and goodbye.